Few things are harder than the mission of raising your kids. At The Dad Project, we get experienced dads to reveal what's worked for them, offering practical, time-tested advice. Being a successful dad is tough, and we're here to help you get it done. Welcome to The Dad Project. In this episode of The Dad Project, Jim Tierney discusses the virtue of magnanimity and how dads can foster it in their children. Jim is co-founder of The Dad Project. He and his wife have 10 children. Hey dads, for the milestone of our 25th episode of The Dad Project podcast, I've picked as a topic a virtue that we don't talk about that much anymore. Magnanimity is a virtue, a word even, that might not be in our common parlance, but it's vitally important for us as dads, as leaders of our families, and as men of influence. It has an application in our family life and an application in our professional life, and I'll try to scratch the surface on both of those areas. But first, because we might not give much thought to it in our daily lives, I want to spend some time talking about what exactly magnanimity is. Magnanimity is greatness of soul. It's the habit of striving for great things. The 13th century philosopher and scholar Tommaso de Aquino defined magnanimity as being about honor, and he actually covered it very thoroughly. First, he said that honor is the object of a hope which is focused on the difficult good. So not a prideful desire for accolades and recognition, but more so an aspiration to accomplish great things, despite the hardships one might have to endure. The Aquino based a lot of his work on that of Aristotle, and so it's worth quoting Aristotle as well. If you've listened to this series before, you might have noticed that I have an affinity for Aristotle, and I just really think he does a great job of defining virtues that are relevant to us today. So about magnanimity, Aristotle says that the magnanimous man has the right concern with honors and dishonors. He said it's proper for the magnanimous man to ask for nothing, but to help eagerly. His actions are few but great. He stays away from what is commonly honored. He says the magnanimous man will not talk about himself or another, since he is not concerned to have himself praised or others blamed. He avoids laments about necessities or small matters. These attitudes are proper to someone who takes such things seriously. He also said about the magnanimous man, he has a calm voice, is not in a hurry, has a moderate attitude to riches and power, and is not prone to remember evils or nurse memories. So maybe you're hearing this list and saying to yourself, nailed it, but if you're like the rest of us, and maybe haven't mastered all the facets of Aristotle's magnanimity, we should think about how we would cultivate this virtue. And by the way, I want to be clear that in talking about going out and aspiring to great things, which is a big and vague idea, I'm not talking about the Disney princess movie version of things where if you really believe in yourself and you just really go for it, especially if your dad says not to, then you can be anything you dream. All right, well, if it's not just a matter of, you know, like totally going for it, maybe we could talk through a few examples of magnanimity because magnanimity can seem to be pretty abstract. First, I want to share an example of a married man whose story I came across recently. His name is Tomas Alvira. 
He was a survivor of the Spanish Civil War, and after that war, he got married and set up his family life, had nine children in a successful career, and was greatly admired by his friends and all of his family. Later on, he died after a full life, and people interviewed his children for a book about him. One of his sons said that the children in the family could not imagine not wanting to be like him. So there's an incredible example of magnanimity in family life. Imagine if our example was so attractive, so loving, so cheerful, so inspiring that it was impossible for our children and even our wives not to want to be like us. Conversely, we could ask ourselves, what are our behaviors that I wouldn't want my family to imitate? All right, the second example is Captain Dick Winter's from Stephen Ambrose's Band of Brothers. He's the captain and commanding officer of Easy Company, and he was dramatized really well in the HBO miniseries. There's a scene where Easy Company is fighting through the Battle of the Bulge, and they wake up early one morning. It's winter, it's cold, and Winters goes to this canteen cup that he's been using to shave out of. And it's been so cold over the night that he has to break through the ice in order to shave. And yet he does so. He breaks through the ice and uses the water in the can to shave despite the extreme cold. Now, I think you could wrongly conclude that he was overly concerned about his appearance and so that this was not magnanimous behavior. But I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I think what we should take from this scene is his setting a very magnanimous example, aspiring to great things, that we are not going to be like the enemy. We're not going to turn into savages out here on the battlefield. We're going to be civilized. We're going to keep up our personal appearance and good order and discipline so that good, ordered, disciplined behavior will flow from that. I think he's a great example of a magnanimous leader. My third one, I have a little literary quiz for you. Does anyone remember the name of Ebenezer Scrooge's childhood boss? All right, time's up. It's Mr. Fezziwig. I'm going to recommend that you go back and read the chapter of A Christmas Carol that deals with the ghost of Christmas past and the few pages that concern Mr. Fezziwig. He is one of the most magnanimous characters in all of literature. You see the people that he touches admire him so very much for his greatness of soul. They want to be like him. They want to imitate his generosity. And I think it would be great to read that passage and then ask ourselves whether we're in charge at work or not, do we bring that kind of greatness to our own environment in the workplace? A Christmas Carol is in the public domain, and so it's easy to just go online and find it for free. Drawing on these examples, I want to propose that would be a good idea for all of us dads to ask ourselves the question of where we stand on aspiring to greatness in family life and the attention we pay to the upbringing of our children, to their lives of virtue, to building character, and teaching lessons that will help them understand how to serve others. You know, I used the term men of influence at the outset of this talk. And look, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a man of influence. You are a dad and leader of a family, and so you've been placed in the position and the responsibility of helping to raise up the next generation of leaders. I'm going to guess that most of us, if not all of us, aspire to greatness in our professional lives. Dads, we cannot wall off that aspiration for greatness 
to just our job. We're called to pursue greatness in our family life as well. And for men of influence, it's only fitting that our aspirations in family life should be to be the best. And look, I get it. That can be a really hard thing to do when we come home exhausted at the end of every day. And furthermore, when sometimes there are seemingly insurmountable obstacles to raising kids in this world. I bet a lot of us feel like we live in the midst of a society that does not have its priorities straight. These things can make it seem futile to aspire to greatness. But let me return to that idea that we are men of influence. And dads, I think it is unbecoming men of influence to curse the darkness. We rather have to light a candle and aspire to great things. I want to draw on the work of Malcolm Gladwell from his book, The Tipping Point, and ask all of us as dads to think about something. The tipping point deals with how ideas catch on. And so what Gladwell points out is that there is this process through which cultural influencers can start to get behind an idea. And the more influencers that pick up on this idea and start to espouse it themselves, the idea grows and gains momentum. And eventually it reaches this tipping point after which it, so to speak, goes viral and lots and lots of people adopt it. I have a totally unscientific, arbitrarily chosen number of 100 that I've picked and would like to ask you to consider. What if the tipping point was 100 of our children? We get about a thousand listeners a week to the Dad Project podcast, and they come from all over the world. What if the number of our children that it was going to take to change the world for the better was 100 children? I mean, think about it. If 100 of our children became presidents of nations all over the world and they were focused on the life of virtue and becoming people of character, don't we think that that would change the world? On the one hand, that might seem like a really tall order, but if you make the number as small as 100, and again, I chose that number arbitrarily. I don't know if 100 is the number. None of us will know where the tipping point is, but often it's a much smaller number than we would otherwise suspect. What if that number is a hundred of our children? How would we get there? Well, raising one great kid at a time, focusing on family culture, focusing on being a great husband before we can be a great dad, focusing on our own life of virtue and realizing that all the good that's going to come in our family life is going to come from how we improve ourselves first. Furthermore, focusing on an approach to family life that says, my family deserves the best of me when I get home from work, not whatever is left over after I've given my best to everyone else outside my family during my workday. That my day starts when I walk through that door at the end of the day. That there, around the dinner table, and over homework, I can start to teach my kids lessons about virtue. On the weekends, that I can take the kids and be sure that they're learning how to become people of sincerity, people of loyalty, of honesty, people with fortitude. Dads, this is a lot of work, but if the number was only 100, it sure would be worth it. And we can rest when we get our eternal reward someday. So dads, the virtue of magnanimity in our kids starts with us. Let's make a commitment to raising great children by aspiring to greatness in our family lives. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dad Project. If this talk was valuable to you, please go to our website at dadproject.net and make a voluntary one-time or recurring donation to help support our operations. Any amount helps. 
Catch you next time at The Dad Project.